All right, welcome to another episode of 21 Going On 77. I am one half of the dynamic duo, the vet of the group, boy Dwight at 517-2214. Joined again as I am every week with the brains of the operation, the young prodigy, the Christian Wood hater, young SJ at SJ Basketball League. SJ, it's been a long week for both of us, but how you feeling? First of all, first of all, <laughs> why would you dub me the Christian Wood hater? I know, because I've been fight, I've been fighting, fighting for my life against him myself. This That's is the one. this is the official podcast of Christian Wood haters. Oh, brother! Um, well, g- glad you're caught up to speed. <laughs> but um, I mean, yeah, it's been a long week, you know, tired and all that. But we move. We move. We do. We. You got Monday off. I do, thankfully. Bam. My kids, because you you remember we was all iced up? So my kids are supposed to have it off, but they don't. So I actually have the house to myself with no work on Monday. I am so grateful. I am so grateful. I'm going to enjoy Monday. That sounds like the life. Whatever the male version of a spa day is, that's what I'm doing on Monday. That's what I'm doing on Monday. I'm just relaxing. Um, let's get into it. Our Dallas Mavericks are what 31 29. Um, we in the sixth seed in the Western Conference. Basically, we are two and a half games back from three, one and a half back from four, I think a half game from five, something to that effect. Basically, one through six, I'm sorry, three through six is pretty much jumbled up. Um, our Dallas Mavericks, according to tankathon.com, based on winning percentage of opponents, have the easiest schedule in the NBA in the rest of the season. Uh, the teams ahead of us, particularly those Sacramento Kings, they have a tougher schedule. I think the uh, Sun schedule actually isn't that tough. I think the Clippers schedule isn't really that tough, but I do know our joint is by, well, I ain't going to say by far, we do have the easiest schedule in the league, the remaining games. So it's kind of hard to talk about this team, uh, like, I guess, do a all-star break evaluation because the team kind of got, I won't say blown up, but we Kyrie Irving's a maverick. Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie playing Brooklyn. But based on the extremely small sample size, how do you think we're going to finish? How you, how you feeling? How you, so far from what you've seen from the Kyrie Irving, Luka Doncic pairing from this team so far, there's some stuff to like, there's some stuff not to like. What do you think? Well, I was going to put it in writing, in a tweet, and I still will, because last year um, I – accurately predicted our record post all-star break um i had a really hot stretch i was looking through um some tweets i was looking for something and i found tweets i was on a hot stretch with predictions i predicted our exact record after the all-star break i predicted what we beat the jazz in and i predicted the suns um but anyway i say that to say i'll put it in writing but i've thought about it and i believe we are going 17 and 5 17 and 5 to finish. I know it sounds high and all that, but 
like you said, we have an easy schedule. And before that, I wouldn't, I, I didn't really care about strength of schedule because the Mavs were weird in that they'd lose to the, you know, teams that are supposed to be, beat the teams that they're supposed to lose to, all that. Um, But now I feel like with Kyrie, it's it's different. I feel like even if you rest some guys here and there, I mean, granted, this is, you know, me assuming we get our guys, you know, back healthy. There's a report that Maxi's supposed to play, like, right away. Hopefully Tim is, is um you know, he's back, and then we start to play uh, Markeith to see what he got, and Justin Holiday should be playing. Um, so I think with all of that, with our the opponents we're facing, and the fact that I think um, these, you know, couple games that they've played, the, I guess the two games they played, I'm talking about Luke and Kyrie together, um, as much as there was a lot going on <laughs> um, within that two games, I think the offense, right, looking at our opponents, like I said, our offense is enough to carry us over the stretch, right? And I just think it's going to click. And this is me hoping, of course. This is me, you know, on the optimistic side. But I, I have a feeling it'll click and we'll rack up a lot of wins. And people are going to be like, ooh, is this a team that we need to be worried about? And then, of course, we really can't defend. I really don't know how that's going to be fixed. I know Maxi's coming back, but, like, oh, the, the tape is out. That, we could talk, get into that a little bit. But um, we'll talk about the defense another time. But um, I don't think it's going to – right now it looks pretty dire and bad. But, like I said, with, with who we're playing, we'll play the Spurs. We got the Spurs, like, what, three more times? Um, we got the – we haven't played the Hornets yet, and they fucking stink. We haven't played, um, you know, like, some of these really bad – I don't think we played the Pacers yet, and they're not – like, I mean, they're up and down, but they're not well, really no, that they, great. They, they, basically, they, gave, they gave Miles Turner that money and decided to tank. It's really weird. Yeah, I think the yeah, the Tyrese injury um really messed them up. They were, they I think they lost the momentum when he went down and then yeah, it was yes. hard to get it back. Yeah. yeah, hard to get it back. But um, regardless, my point is, I just I think it's gonna click over these like next what twenty two games, and we're going to be like, oh um, this is the team that, you know, this is the th- team that we initially thought we'd see. Um, and again. If he comes back and all that, I'm not trying to think too far ahead. There's gonna be serious retooling in the um off season, but for right now, um, with what we have, um, so yeah, that's my prediction. Ah, oh, SJ, we are friends. We do this pod, and sometimes when we do this thing, like I don't. The goal of this pod is to present opposing viewpoints. But I 100% agree with you. Like, I, I you said 17 and 5. I've been wilding. I'm like, bro, we're going like 19 and 3. I, I, I think we, I think we're going to have a nice little run here. Um, I just think we're going to overwhelm the dudes we play offensively. Exactly. Uh, offensively. Exactly. It's, it's just, you look at it like the shit's still a little clunky, but. Luke and Kyrie in the minutes they play basketball together are like one it would be the best offense ever if that was just if they could play 48 minutes obviously they can't play 48 minutes together but you you get what I'm trying to say is like yeah man I, I don't you just hope and pray and like even the the game where like all the role players stuck and it was just Luke and Kyrie and Wood I think we're the Against Minnesota, I think they were the only three people that scored double digits. Like, yeah, that's that offensive rating still was insane. And it's just 
the thing where I think we are uh, cooking again, where I think the situation changes, we would always lose the non-Luka minutes. I think we had the worst offense in the league when Luka was off the court. It was like, yeah, that's just not a thing anymore. And I just think we're going to overwhelm the teams we got. Um, I actually pulled up strength of schedule. So if you just look at teams in the West, the Clippers have the hardest schedule of any team left in the West. Sacramento has the four, uh, next hardest schedule of any team left in the West. And then Phoenix has the third hardest schedule of any team left in the West. And then we're last. So all of our ops have the toughest schedule. And then we just have the easiest. And I, I, I think we I think we sell at four. I don't know about third. I don't feel 100% comfortable with that. But if we get the three seed, I, I'm cool with that. I, I think that's a successful season, all things being considered. Um, and it, it's just really going to uh, – one thing I will say with the that post-Kyrie Mavs, we can't afford any injuries. Like, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. going out for like three games is it, just so much more impactful than it used to be. Um, it's actually kind of nuts, man, the, the numbers on Tim, because like Tim's individual stats aren't great, but the team is better in every measurable way when he's on the court. And some people were like, well, if Tim's not playing, that means Theo Pinson is – no, no, even before this trade, when you still had other people to put in that weren't Theo Pinson, he just subjectively made the team better when he was on the court, again, in pretty much every way. So, I, I you know, I kind of, I liked him. I'm a Tim defender, but he was wanting me to, I wanted to throw him in the ocean, what, two weeks ago, because he was just making bad decisions, couldn't finish fast break layups, but... I think we realize it like, man, he's important and it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. I didn't realize how important he was. Yeah, it's, I mean, with that, it's just about, honestly, I know I'm using like 2K language, but it's, it's, it's the shot tendency at some point, especially when we've seen like, you know, teams are still doubling Luca. You, at some point, guys have to get shots up. And one thing that stood out to me in these two games that Tim has missed, we've done a lot of overpassing. Like, and I know they're trying to to find the best shot. And I know I've I've talked about ball movement, you know, stuff like that. But this is different. This is not ball movement. This is like dudes who suck and are uncomfortable with open shots and want to pass it because they don't want to shoot. Like Reggie is like, unless Reggie is butt naked. If you throw him the ball, that's like wait, that's wasting time because he's not doing anything. All he does is he catches it above his head. He looks around for who who's there for him to throw it back to. That's all he does on the perimeter unless he's like super open. So that's a waste of time. Frank, he'll get his shots up a little bit, but he miss a couple. He, you know, he's passing that off. Theo, just, oh my god, I don't even want to talk about Theo. I'm not even gonna lie to you because. I've never seen a 15th man carry themselves on the court like Theo carries himself. And I have a problem with it. I have a problem with it. You, you can't, no, I have a huge problem with it. They've empowered him a bit too much. Um, it's, some of the things that he's, and the worst part is he's had some good moments, but it's not, it's never good enough to be carrying on the way he do. 
So that's number one. But um, my point is, we just have a bunch of guys that are not offensive-minded players, like, to get shots up, even even if they're not going. That's the thing with Tim. Tim will shoot, like, 6 for 20, but he took 20 shots. <laughs> I mean, like, he took 20 shots at the end of the day. And we might want him to stop, you know, chucking all that. But at the end of the day, um, unless it's, like, a long rebound that's leading to, like, transition or something, at the end of the day, a missed shot is better than whatever the, you know, turnovers that are caused, than, like, a live ball turnover from, like, overpassing, because that's yeah. what was happening. Or somebody being thrown a grenade. Exactly. They finally get a shot up. Exactly. So, um, I think that's just what it is with it. But, um, I mean, I kind of want to get into the game specifically, the two games that we saw. And I, I'm going to ignore the Denver game. That was a schedule loss. I know people were complaining. But I'm like, what are you complaining about? Like, <laughs> like it was Luca, and it might as well been my cousins out there with him. <laughs> because, like, I don't know what you were expecting from that game. So, I'm just going to ignore that game. That was whatever. But... The two games par, a lot, a lot of discourse surround. I've seen so many videos on you. I haven't watched them yet. Um, I wanted to record the pod before I um listen to you know like outside opinions and stuff. Um, but yeah, just a lot of discourse about those two games <laughs> on Twitter and elsewhere. What do you think? Um, you talking about? So the Kings game, the second Kings game, and um the Wolves game. I, I I gotta be honest with you. I, I like what I saw. Like, um, it's so crazy. This has been such a fucking long week. I was I, I, the Kings game. Obviously, I watched. Um, I think it was competitive. One thing that scares me, and I think it's gonna, it's going to scare me even when Maxi gets back. And maybe Josh was just tired. But any like supreme rim pressuring athlete. I feel like they weren't giving us problems like this. Like, we weren't great at it, but it, those two games between uh, Ant and De'Aaron Fox, it's just like they got with it. They just had their way with us in every single that, way. That's been a thing, though. Like, if you – I've always said any team that could drive, any team that has, like, a, a real drive, that's why Shea kills us. It's the same reason why um, you're right. SJ kills you're, us. You're right. If you're a heavy you're... driver – you're gonna murder us. You're, gonna you're murder right. Us. You're right. Because now that I'm thinking about it, that felt different. Maybe because yeah. Kyrie was there. But now that I'm just playing what you said back. Low-key, the two games I've been to this year was, uh, I went when they set that record-breaking loss when they came back, and then I went to the game on Monday, Kyrie's first home game, and it was like the same archetype of player just destroying us and getting whatever they wanted by literally just one two dribbles to the bucket and causing all types of havoc and yeah that that's just gonna be what it's gonna be um i overall man it's kind of hard to that's my big takeaway defensively like until we do better at that like i said i don't know if josh is just tired because he was getting he was getting cooked he was um and then Reggie, I say, is Reggie cooked defensively? Here's the thing. I'll explain about, um, like, Reggie and all that. Because I feel like what you said about our defense is completely correct. But this has been a thing since after we made that Porzingis trade. 
our defense has been slipping. We yeah. have been living off of that low January of last year. The January 1st, we had been living off that in terms of defensive reputation. And I'm not saying that our defense, like, free fell, because that's not what happened. It slipped, but it didn't free fall, which is why we were able to, you know, make it as far as we did, because we could string together good possessions. But after Porzingis was gone, we never had anyone to... I mean, Maxi helped, but we didn't have anyone to protect the rim. And they tried to remedy that with JaVale, but JaVale just made things worse. And us playing so deep into the playoffs, the tape is out. That's why at the beginning of the season, when I was seeing how teams were, like, attacking us, in the beginning, teams were driving. Boyan killed that first Pistons game. They murdered us just going to the rim. It was going to the rim, going to the rim. And I'm like, yeah, the tape is the tape is out. Like, teams know. Um, So when we beat, um like, a Clippers team last week, their jump shooting team, you know what I mean? Clippers weren't putting pressure on the rim like that. And when they did, you got Terrence Mann, like, going, I think he had, like, 21 points or something like that. Like, Norm Powell was killing us at a certain point, too, just going to the rim, going to the rim. But for the most part, they're a jump shot. They're a jump shooting team. So we were able to look, you know, better defensively. But when you're a rim person, like, you have a guy that really attacks the rim, I don't think we don't have in-house personnel to solve that. Um so that's gonna have to wait till the off season. But in terms no, no, of the- no, no. I, I don't mean to cut you off. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's just the big man situation, or is it a combination of perimeter defensive slipping, or was this shit always cooked and we just didn't realize it? The- it was always cooked. We it was okay. always cooked. Um, and, but the problem this year is the perimeter defense is worse. Last year we had better perimeter defense, so that so we made our rotations like we were on a string last year. So even though we didn't have the rim protection, we were able to like once you make your rotations on time, that goes a long way. And I say that because Luca was getting cooked that whole Timberwolves game. But I remember vividly this one defensive um play where he he made the rotation he made that rotation at the rim. He was the you know low man as he always is, but he made the rotation um. Uh, to to Rudy, it was a pick and roll. Rudy, you know, and he calls he calls him to travel. Uh, no, he he calls a turnover. He um, cause he made the rotation on time, so Rudy had to pass it, and okay. um, I forgot who was in the corner, but whoever was in the corner read that, like you know, they we got the steal. Gotcha. And I was like, there we go, Luca. <laughs> you know, like the, making your rotations on time goes a long way. So now this year, when again our perimeter defense is worse. Um, with Luca coming back, Luca has looked so awful, bro. And the difference, the reason why I say let me hold off on Reggie is because Reggie was getting cooked. But there was a difference between how Reggie was getting cooked and how like Luca was getting cooked. For example, mm-hmm. Luca was getting cooked on straight line drives, just st- st- straight. Like Ant wasn't even do like working hard to get around Luca. Reggie was getting cooked, but he was getting cooked off counters. Like, Reggie was trying to stay in front, but Ant is just better. <laughs> like, Ant yeah. is just better. You know what I mean? So, I can't fault Reggie for not being able to stop a, um like, great offensive player. Especially when Reggie's a good defender, but his reputation is never... You know, he's not a reputation of a stopper. Mm. You know what I mean? That's not his reputation. Um, He's a great team defender. He can get stops. You know, tough defender, but he's not a stopper. So I can't get mad at Reggie for like not stopping Ant. You know what I mean? Because he was trying. Like when I was what he was, Ant was just better. Ant was just cooking him. Ant was better. So you, at that point, you tip your cat. 
cap um to you know the offensive player but in like i said in luca's case it's different like you're like you're getting burnt off it's not he's not even doing a move <laughs> all he's doing is just driving and he's around you like like quickly and you know some of it he's out of shape all that so and that's another thing i understand he had a foot injury so it's hard to do cardio with a foot injury but god damn is every time he gets injured is he gonna have to you know come back and um and it had it wasn't even a long injury that's why i'm a little confused <laughs> it was like what a week like yeah. Two weeks? yeah and you already you huffing and puffing out there like god damn but whatever yeah um, i that I, I don't even actually we can talk about that on the back end but yeah he he got to get in better shape to where like to me i can't shoot you bail because like i watch other players that take time off with lower body injuries come back and don't look as gassed as exactly those. exactly so um but you know it is what it is whatever um and i mean we could talk a little bit about the offense and you know what it looked like cuz i feel like that was a huge conversation and what I want to say is, there that listen, Twitter has been a mess, and it's funny because um, people are talking about oh, civil war, blah blah. Like these arguments have happened before, where you know Luca gets a little criticism, and you know his stands come out in full force trying to defend him and whatever, whatever. And it's always oh, we can't criticize Luca, blah blah blah. This has happened before. This is nothing new, but I feel like there's a big difference with it this time around because there's so many other different elements. And I want to say after, because even after the Kings game, like, you could debate the ending. I, I went to sleep straight after the Kings game, bro, because I was, I was tired one. And then that shit pissed me off. <laughs> Just the ending of it, like, are you kidding me? Like, you, whatever. But even after that, people weren't as um frustrated. People recognized, okay, it's their first game. And it looked decent. <laughs> you know what I mean? It looked decent at points. um, Real decent. And, you know, Kyrie and Luca, they were both... um you know, kind of, you know, playing off each other a little bit, um, but, you know, obviously, there's a little, little frustrations with the end of, ending of the game, the fact that um, Kyrie probably was going to be open, and, or, you know, almost open, Kyrie could have made or taken a better shot than what Luka took, is the point, so, um, but there was no hard feelings there, the Timberwolves game is where all the frustration came out, and that, I want to say, the reason why this was so different in terms of the arguments and debates is because that was the most frustrated I've seen fans at Luca. Like in terms of math, like I'm talking about people who rarely criticize him yeah. were frustrated. Um and I feel like obviously Luca's fans couldn't handle that. <laughs> like they couldn't like I said, that was the most that was the most I've ever seen it. So they had meltdowns. It was crazy meltdowns. Yeah. Um and it was and the reason why and the funny thing is people are saying, Oh, people are overreacting, Bob First of all, fandom is emotional, right? A lot of emotion goes into this, especially heat of the moment, right? And when things are happening in real time. When that all that was happening in real time, it's not even just frustration that people were feeling. I feel like the main emotion there was disappointment because prior to them playing together, right? Especially since we saw Kyrie, you know, play on the team before Luca came back, so we saw what he could look like in our team concept. And we won those games. <laughs> um, again, winning cures everything. Um, but we won those games, and we saw what he could look like in the team concept. Everyone was expecting it to just work. <laughs> you saw ways in which it could work. Obviously, some people had, you know, their hesitancies. Obviously, they thought it would need time to click. And that's a logical, you know, um, assumption. 
But at the end of the day, people are expecting it to look good, <laughs> right? And people, the narratives around Luca are on fans' mind. It's on their minds, right? And when we got him, everyone was just excited to see him, you know, play with another guy of his caliber so they could prove to people that, hey, yes, he can do this. Like, he can do this. So the fact that we we saw elements of it looking like how they the haters said it would look i think that's where people got jarred <laughs> that's that's where people got disappointed they got jarred like i said it, it wasn't even like if you look at it now after the fact in the vacuum it's not as bad but in the moment it looked bad <laughs> it did like and i say this because it would be different if we were doing like really different things and it just was taking him you know a while to adjust but the but we we were doing like the same stuff high pick and roll just doing the same stuff trying to play out of a luka two-on-one um and i'm just kind of like like please do something else and this is why people were frustrated because it was this we were struggling with the same thing we weren't even struggling with something different we got somebody so different but we were struggling it looked the same way like these mavs games and you know, something, 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 expectations are a thief of joy. That's Kirk's, you know, favorite phrase yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And I think that's just what it was. People were expecting it to look so good. They couldn't wait to stick it to the haters who couldn't, who said, look, couldn't play with another guy that could dribble. And then, you know, it looked a little weird. And I think um, just, you know, moving off the emotion side of it, because, you know, people were frustrated. People were voicing their frustrations. And I mean, there's a lot of different things going on i mean the lucas stands first of all i get annoyed with them because i'm i saw somebody say um well this is when we're talking about defense now too because luca wasn't just getting cooked for it because he was a he was good offensively he scored about 28 points in the king's game he had like 30 what three in the wolves game so it wasn't like he was just yeah, putting 12 rebounds he went yeah got it together yeah, so it's not like he was putting up stinkers um, offensively. The defense was just cooked, and people were really frustrating on frustrated on that end. Um, and I saw someone was like, "Oh well, we say Dirk is better than K." Or no, Mass fans say Dirk is better than KG. So why are they talking about Luca's defense? I'm not first of all, oh, Luka, Dirk. Yeah, I said first of all, horrible comparison. That's one. Two, leave Dirk out of this. What does he have to do with this? And three, why are we? You're basically telling us to ignore defense. <laughs> basically, don't talk about my guy's defense. It's it's just all around stupid. And I think um, just the there's certain people, right? When we talk about this, you know, thing with Luca and what he needs to improve on, there are people who are seeing it out of like actual constructive criticism. And then you have the subset that are, I'm sorry to say, interaction farmers, <laughs> where. They, you know, they say certain things to get rise out of Luka. Like, I'm sorry to say, a lot of people got baited <laughs> these last yeah, couple yeah, days. Yeah, so many. This is why usually I'm in the mix with these con- like these debates, but I stay back because there was so much baiting going on. I felt like people were you people were getting baited. Nah, you know, they were like I mean, on both sides. I mean, to be honest with you, there were the main dude that was trolling that had me cracking up literally said, I'm about to start trolling. Like if you follow yeah. like he knew what he was doing. And um I don't know. I had somebody we both know DM me because I like something funny that's someone called Luca Fat Walrus. And I'm sorry, bro. He was like, tell that fat walrus to pass the ball to Kyrie. I'm sorry, that shit is funny. 
it's still funny to me right now that I think about it. I'm sorry, it is. And like people were genuinely upset about it. And it's just funny because it's like, man, I didn't call Luca a tidy and a left tackle, all types of shit implying he's out of shape. And I, no one's really came at me on the timeline about it, but I knew tensions was high when people, when that happened. And yeah. to be honest, man, here's my thing. We lost that game. Luca was one of the big reasons why we lost that game because here's just the reality of it. We were playing we were playing top ten defense in the NBA when he didn't play. That's just an objective statement of fact. Um I'm I'm not gonna sit here and lie and say we were locked down or no shit like that. But even the couple games before he got hurt, um when he could move, the defense was trending better. Yeah, it was. It was. And then he came back, and because he's either still injured, out of shape, whatever, yeah, that shit just felt, it just, it plummeted to, um, I got to dig into numbers, but I think that's the two worst games we've played back-to-back all year, defensively. I actually am pretty sure that is, but and it's just because I, I don't I don't know if Buddy was even ready to come back, but I definitely know he wasn't out of shape. And Luca can score the ball out of shape, but we know he can't play defense out of shape. We know that. Exactly. And you need to play defense at the end of the day. You you just have to. Yeah. Um We ain't and... asking you to be locked down, but like Jason Kidd said, you gotta participate. Yeah, and something that is just bothering me about Luca too with his offense because the him and Kyrie thing I know it's gonna it's gonna work right or I am hoping it's gonna work let me say that but for Luca to be and I've been saying this for a while and you really saw it I feel like in the Wolves game especially Luca has to allow others to make a play for him he has to be comfortable with it and he's not at this point. There were Luca killed the as much as he's he was great on offense. At times he killed the offense because he would not take the open shot. He just he would drive in traffic. Sometimes it worked, you know. Sometimes he was attacking like a hard closeout, but other times he was he was open. <laughs> and he just he was open. He waits. He wants them to fly at him, and then he like dribbles in traffic. And um, I think that's an issue. When you're talking about like a team concept, you have to like the percentage of self-created points. Like I said, it's cute, it's impressive, but that's a stat that has to come down by a lot. Um, he has to allow others to make a play for him, and especially when we have Kyrie now the ball, and not even just Kyrie, but like even Josh. Like we have guys that are driving the ball now. Um, so he has to be he has to be ready to catch and shoot just like he expects dudes to be ready to catch and shoot on his like passes same thing with him he got to be ready to catch and shoot and another thing i'm gonna pick my words here carefully um but luca also has a lot of loser tendencies i'm so sorry i was gonna pick my words carefully but i'm not about to sugarcoat it he has a lot of loser tendencies um some of the things he does i would be calling like wood a fat loser <laughs> for like doing whatever but obviously the, the clear distinction is that luca is there's a gap like a monumental gap between luca and wood which is why you can tolerate some of the things that luca does 
and why I personally can't tolerate it with Woods because I just feel like he's not good enough to be doing all that. Luca's good enough to be doing all that, but it also doesn't mean he needs to be doing it just because um, he's good enough to do it. And I'm saying that because, and I know um, Josh Bowie, he pointed out too, and as soon as it happened live, I was annoyed at it as well. He was complaining to the ref off the ball while Kyrie was kind of trying to initiate. They got a foul um, call out of it, but it was just, he is just not. He literally was not in the play. He, that, that's what I was going to say. You can't take yourself out of the play, out of the offense. Like, you just, you can't do that, bro. That's bruh, loser bruh. behavior, bro. That's bruh. not even competitive action. That's a loser behavior because you're in the middle of a play. Dude, Kyrie got an and one, and he's still complaining after to the ref they called the and one from the play call, from the foul call he didn't get. That's, that's horrible, bro. Yeah, you can't do it like that. You just can't. You can't do that, bro. You just can't do that. I got something. I, I want to put it on the timeline, but it's sensitive times right now. But the Mavs have the second slowest pace in the NBA. So we shoot, I think, the least amount of shots in the NBA. But we get the most fouls. <laughs> they fucking calling fouls for Luka, bro. They are. We're, we're the second. I think we're like second in free throws. I think only the Pistons, ironically, um, yeah. shoot more free throws than us. And, like we, and, we, and we have been won the vast majority of the of the of this year. So, like, if you take our pace and our the volume of shots we take, and you take the volume of free throws we get as a team, it's not just well. It's obviously primarily Luca. It's like, hey, fam, you probably need to stop complaining. You are I. And I know some people are like, oh, Luca gets hacked and never gets these calls. These other guys get this whistle. And it's like, actually, no, no team. Our free throw rate is number one. That is true. Our rate, the rate at which we get shoot free throws is number one for any team in the NBA. And like that, if you ain't getting calls, that wouldn't be a thing. And I do know, like I said, I, I tweeted about this like, Oh, I forget what game it was. I think it was the LeBron game where uh, LeBron got fouled and was acting all crazy, yada, yada, yada. I was like, man, people think the refs are biased, but the refs just stink. And my point is, when it comes to Luka, the refs don't stink with him any worse than anybody else, which makes what you're, comp- what you're complaining about with him, that loser behavior, even worse, in my opinion. And I don't think there's anything... I know some people want to, like, Sign Drogic to get him to stop. He was doing that shit on the national team. I was up in the middle of the night watching them games. He was still complaining. So I just think that's something he he has to make a decision himself to grow out of it. No, he has to because it's one thing to complain. Like people say, oh well, LeBron complains about calls. He does, but not to this extent, bro. Not to this extent. Like Luca's actually the worst I've seen it. Like he actually is the worst I've seen it. So I I just think that a lot a lot of that needs to be like cut out of his game one um and two like i said the critique about just allowing others to make you know place for him and obviously the defense but you know like i said all that is going to tie together i don't expect him to have just everything fixed next game um and that's one thing that people don't realize just because you make a critique doesn't mean you're just expecting him to fix everything right away and you're gonna like dog him until he doesn't like you understand it's a process and that he needs to like especially with the catch and shoots you know it's he's just not comfortable taking it and he just needs to get comfortable and the way you get comfortable with taking catch and shoots 
is taking them. So, like, as long as he's taking... Yeah? No, I didn't mean to cut you off. Finish your thought. I apologize. I was just saying, as long as he's taking strides to get better, I will be content with that. But I'm not content if he gets comfortable with some of these bad habits. Because he he has bad habits. It is what it is. Yeah, he, um... Yeah, we... So, I looked it up. We are last in the NBA in shots. In shots per game. And we are second in free throws. So, yeah, man, we getting calls. We are getting calls. We're getting yeah, we lot, do. Even Tim. Tim be getting calls. Yeah. Because I know, because I be getting frustrated when he be bricking his free throws. But Tim gets calls. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, but, I mean, I just think it's something, like I said, he's, like, what, top five? I don't know exactly. Maybe top four, top three in, like, free throws taken. Um, they're not gonna get it perfect. They're not gonna call every single foul. They're just not. They're just not. You have to learn how to play through it and don't let it take you out of your game. That's what it really is. Don't let it take you out of your game, because that's what it does. All it's like we just we see it all the time with him. So he he has to like seriously work on that. There's another thing too, like not just saying it, actually doing it. Like several times he said, "Yeah, I'm gonna stop," and he never does. And it's it was the same thing. Um. You know, in his pressure saying, yeah, I'm going to, you know, play off ball, Bob. That's why I was like, I would like to see it. You know, let me let me see it. And I mean, you've seen it like his usage has gone down in the games he's played with Kyrie, obviously. So it's it's it's, you know, happening. But it's just that the process looks a bit more murky than people are expecting, which is why there's frustration. What I was going to interject in the one shot when Kyrie went nuclear that he took in the fourth and he made was a catch and shoot three. And he hesitated mm-hmm. to shoot it, but he was just so open, and the vibes was right, so he let it go, and it went in. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, brother, brother, just let it go. See, and that was that you saw it down the stretch. That's why I'm like, as much as it like looked bad or it looked awkward, I should say in certain points, um, the, you saw the goodness there. That was a play that I thought about too. Like Kyrie was going off. He had Luca. He checked back in. He hits a big three. Like I was like, yeah, this is what it could be. You know what I mean? say, I'm not gonna hold you. I was in that bitch going horse. I th- I don't know if my voice is still. I think my voice is still not fully recovered. It was, I it's I almost start seeing shit. I was yelling so hard because like we were getting our ass kicked, and I had the work. To, it's a work day the next day, so I was like, man, I ain't been to a game, and that Knicks game got me in a headlock because I watched that and then Luca went crazy. So I was like, let's just. I, uh, one of my boys I went to the game with, I was like, man, if they get it down to 10 points with eight minutes left, we'll, we'll stay. And if not, we'll just go home at that point. And they got it right down to 10 and eight points. And it's just Kyrie going nuts. That shit. Like I usually, no matter when, lose or draw, I usually hate going to a game and we lose, but I don't care. I enjoy myself. That shit was glorious. I had a great time. I just wish we, it wasn't even Anthony Edwards because Anthony Edwards been doing this shit to everybody lately. It was slow mo. It was so. Luca was getting bro, and that's what hurt my heart, bro. He was getting cooked up, cooked up by Kyle Anderson. And Kyle Anderson is good. I know. I'm on my fantasy did, team, and I'm on uh, both teams. Yeah. Did you watch? Uh, did you watch any of Minnesota? Uh, 
Wizards last night? No, but I know his box score. Like I said, I oh, have yeah. no fantasy. So, so I, I always know he's up to. The and... boys were still cooking. I watched it. Like, hold on. I, I stopped feeling bad, as bad about what they did to us. Nah, yeah. He's a good player, but it's just the way he was getting. That's the thing. It's the way you get cooked. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to yeah. point out. Yeah. And slow, slow-mo wasn't even doing nothing too crazy, bro. It was like, <laughs> and if you don't get slow-mo to do anything crazy, it's come on. Come on. So, um, I just think, like I said, I hope he's using the break. I know he says he's going on vacation. And people are making their jokes. And I feel like people, like, like I said, it's very sensitive with Luca right now. So people are going to blow anything up. But, um, you know, he's going to have his little vacation. And I hope he comes back and then locks in to get ready for the second half of the season. Because we, especially if Maxi's coming back out, out, you know, right out the gate. One, I doubt he's going to be playing Mad Minutes. Um, so that's one. I'm not going to be playing a lot. And, I mean, we haven't talked about him, but they got to really honestly figure out what they want to do with Christian Wood. Because McGee, what I will agree with is that McGee should not be playing. First, McGee should not be playing. That's one. Or two, he should not be checking in before Wood. That should be happening. I, I was, That should not be happening. <laughs> I can say that. That should a, not be happening. You are a Christian Wood hater. Anything you say can be held against you. No, like, that, that was the thing that was just... Look, man, we That's ain't stupid, we, bro. We, we not Christian with number one fans here at all. I think SJ was this, literally before he was a Maverick. You were like, I hate that guy. I don't, I don't, I hate what he does to basketball. But fam, bruh, Javale McGee stinks. There's no justification for having Christian Wood, especially in a game where everybody's hurt. He Frank Nilakina got more minutes. And I'll, I'll say it. I don't really care that Christian Wood don't start anymore now that we got Kyrie. Like, because I actually think his role, the role he's going to play on a good team is the sixth man off the bench. But not the fucking ninth, tenth man off the bench. Like, it's I'm, stupid. It's it, so stupid. And especially with the injuries we had. Like, bro, he should have played 45 minutes, 40 minutes. He should have been out there getting his buckets. Like we weren't so stopping stupid. nobody, anybody. We were and not... he should have been on the court for that yeah. final shot. Oh it, it's so gosh. stupid. You're it's, down it's... three and you don't put in your best big man shooter. Are you stupid? SJ, I think okay, he's the stupid, he's bro. the best catch and shoot three pointer on the roster. It is him. It is he. He's the best at it. And this is where, like, as far as Christian Wood, it's it's getting weird with him and his discussion, but. There's a difference between thinking, I don't think this dude is some all-star level player. Like, I've seen people make an argument like, well, the players of every Maverick on the roster, Christian Wood had the second most votes. Like, come on, man. Come on now. Like, there's a difference between thinking he's like an all-star, like truly believing that in your heart of hearts, and thinking the way Jason Kidd is doing him is right. Especially with the, like that to me, the, I, I'm not going to hold you. This is like nervousness. This is weird, bro. Cause I know Christian. Yeah, Wood they're doing it. something weird. This is weird with the injuries. This there's no other explanation aside from like certain like politics. It's it's politics. I don't know on whose like, side. Like how is that gonna work out? It's politics. I don't know what they're doing, bro. I think they're signing and trading him. They're they're banking on a sign and trade, or they're comfortable with him going because he's not coming back here. Oh man, but, but, but when you do stuff like that, like. You need the margin stuff. So dudes on the mark, like Terrence Ross, you heard why he said he didn't come to Dallas. Like, okay, once I actually talked to uh, 
uh, Monty and the owner, like, I, I feel I had a more defined role or I knew what my role would be. Like, how can you, and I understand, because, like, NBA players ain't stupid. They see the way Christian Wood getting doing, getting done, and for all his flaws or whatever, y'all know I'm not, me nor you are Christian Wood's number one fan. But still, like, that's just what happened these ever since he got back it's been a little spooky outside them first two games it's just weird it don't make no sense and like there's that utah game dwight powell he was better than christian wood he should have got the minutes he got and christian wood should not have got the minutes he got but you can see it within the first five minutes like dwight don't got it tonight like he just tired he ain't got the juice he not moving the same way like he's he just don't got it like blow the whistle call us up christian would have been chilling he trying to prove his worth he just has he as bad as he is defensively he's had more energy than any other other bigs even if it's just i'm trying to get bucket energy it's it's energy and he was doing that loser shit with the i'm scoring efficiently and he loves to celebrate oh that should piss me off that should piss yeah, me off yeah when he's when he said that to the fan or whatever but He's making he I, I just I'm sorry. There's just no excuse for that. And to me, it's now went to I'm concerned about being able to sign other players, especially dudes around the margins, for how Christian Wood has been done. Because like again, me and you ain't the, the biggest fans, but like, hey man, he don't stink, SJ. He don't stink. He has a role on this team, and they treating him like he's a bum. They treating him like he's a bum, and I don't appreciate that. I, I and I'm I, I don't understand that. Like he has a role to play. Is he? If he was playing forty minutes a night, would we be number one in the West? No, uh, no, I don't believe that. Are there some games? Are there some matchups? Dwight Powell should start. Yes, I truly believe that, but. The way he's getting treated is wrong. Am I crazy? I, I know. Talk me, tell me, am I, tell me, am I crazy for believing that? Listen, the only explanation I have right now is that kid just does not like his demeanor. <laughs> like that's the only explanation I have because, like I said, he does things on the court. Like not even talking about the defense or whatever. Like. Like I said, he has, like, loser tendencies. Like, he'll complain about calls and, and be jogging up the court on defense. Like, he's not the center that has to go protect the rim. <laughs> um, he's jogging. If you're a center to me, you run the floor hard. That's number one. Um, I, Listen, I have a lot of things that I need my centers to do for me to like my center, which is why I have a problem with him. But he doesn't run the floor hard sometimes. And he, you know, like I said, he show he celebrates after every single bucket. Um, and again, he's not really like I said, he's he's getting lost on defense. That's a, the thing with um, with like Dwight and and even Javale, like they just get cooked, right? He gets lost. You <laughs> know, like he he gets he, lost. he's like aloof. Yeah, like my phrase for that is getting away. Like the difference between Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie. Jalen Brunson was short, but he got in the way. Spencer yeah. don't even get in mm-hmm. the way. He just don't be in the way. It's just a bucket. Yeah. And, and Wood Wood does have it, it. He does. He that is that's his thing. And when he is in the way, he's so light to ass. It's just like 
Yeah, it's like nobody. I like I said, I could bump him out the lane and get yeah. two points. I promise you. But um, I feel like I, that, I feel like that's been so much worse lately. I hadn't seen him get muscled by guards the way I have these last couple games. Like they just been shrugging him off, and it's like, damn, bro, have some. Sh- I can't say have some shame because he like the ass. He can only do what he can do. Yeah, so I, I'm like I said, I just think maybe a combination of all those reasons is why he just would just rather have him on the bench. I don't know, but even if those are the reasons, come on, we're I'm not to say put him in and we're winning games, but goddamn, I'd rather see him than JaVale McGee. Like JaVale had his little insanity run in, you know, the Clippers game. He was alright in the first Kings game. End the experiment. Yeah. End it now. We don't have time. It's not the beginning of the season where you could afford to play in games and have him stink it up and then you change, you pivot. No, we're literally going into the home stretch. Literally. Um, it is time to stop being weird with her. That's another thing. Like, and the worst part is he did say it. He did say he was gonna try out different rotations, blah, 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 blah. And we've had injuries that have not helped. Like I said, Timmy going down just really exacerbated things. But no, I, I, I want a Tim sent to the bench, and it's like, no, not so much, not no more. Yeah, or even if he's still on the bench, he has to play. We know yeah. he has to play at this point. He just has to play. We need the bodies. Um, so I just think, um, like I said, if if Maxi comes back, seeing how I'm, I'm thinking he'll probably play like maybe 15 minutes, if that, in his first game. Um, and we'll see how he's moving. That's that's what I'm looking for. How he's moving. Like I don't care about him. His you know jump shot. Um, you know if he's bricking, if he's whatever, even if he's making it, I don't cool. But that's not my concern. I want to see how he's moving. Um, on that you know on that hamstring. So that's one. And if we get Tim back again, another plus because we need people who shoot. And I mean Bertans too. He's another one. He's been out for a little bit, but Bertans is a guy that he could carry you for a stretch like he can rat off like nine straight like easy i know like people thirsting for kevin love like like dog y'all realize kevin love is just a spot-up three-point shooter at this point right like that's how he that post game is gone it's gone yeah and even if it's not gone who is running a play for kevin love in 2023 let's be serious bro who's come on let's be so serious yeah yeah. and, and like to me i'm like bro we you effectively have Davis Bertans. Like, Kevin Love and Davis Bertans are doing the same thing right now. And please, oh, the rebounding. He can help the rebounding. Y'all did this shit with Moses Brown after he averaged 99 in 20 minutes. Y'all did this shit with the stat thing with JaVale McGee after he averaged, like, I don't know, 79 in, like, 15 minutes. Bro, y'all be like, watch the game. Watch the fucking game. Just watch it. Watch the highlights to understand how these people are putting together these stats. Bro, Kevin Love, old ass, literally does not leave the paint area. They, they, they That's why they stopped playing him, because he can't move. Yeah, so, he cannot move. So, yes, he is. A, <laughs> I watch the Cavs. He yeah. cannot move. So, yes, he's a good rebounder, because he's always under the fucking rim like the fat kid at the rack. Like, he's just there to get the fucking rebounds. And he can't, because he can't be on the perimeter chasing around anybody. So, no. No Kevin Love. We, no. 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 I'm sorry. Had to get that off. Yeah, well, okay. No Kevin Love on this pod, I guess. Um, But, I mean, at the end of the day, we'll, we just see if our guys can get healthy. And then we, we go from there. But I think, like I said, 
there were things I was encouraged by, things I was disappointed by, but that's just that just is what it is. And I I choose to believe that they can, like I said, context matters, and I believe the schedule too is a part a part of the reason why we we might pull this off, um, and like click and just string together like a good um sequence here down the stretch. So um, I just think everything works out in our favor. Like I said, we're typically a second half team. It's been trending like the last past few seasons. Um, we just, for whatever reason, um, we put it together in the second half. So I, I'm hoping it's a bit more like that. And one thing I just want to touch on quickly too about Kyrie. We haven't really specifically talked about Kyrie um, since last week, but um, he and I understand that this has been a thing. Like people have been, you know, digging into the stats and realizing that this is a thing with him, where he, you know, saves his aggressiveness for the fourth quarter. Um, that cannot happen <laughs> on this team. I'm so sorry, Kyrie. I know that's your thing. Um, you're in a new place now. That can't happen here. You and think what I so? Mean, I disagree. I actually I, totally disagree. No, I. What I have a problem with is him not. I'm not even. I'm not saying that he needs to initiate and move off ball and do. He. Uh, he's like a bystander. I'm so sorry. Under no circumstances on the Mavericks, Kyrie should go an entire quarter without taking a shot. That cannot happen. I, I don't I care mean, what it that can't I'm so you Dwight you're telling me right now that Kyrie not taking a shot for an entire quarter on this team right now even with no, the injuries right, we right, have right, right. should be happening here's that should my, not be here, happening here, bro here's my thing you know Luca uses the first to get in the rhythm I think Kyrie throughout his career this season he shoot like four times four times uh, uh, first quarter. Here's the thing. I don't even mean. Here's the thing. I'm not even talking about the first quarter, um, because first quarters are looking like it's just always going to be the Lucas show, and that's whatever. Right. That's you know, and especially if Kyrie's a guy that doesn't really like to score yeah, in the first I, quarter, that, that, that sounds like a match, you know, match minute. Yeah, that's 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 my right? thing. I'm like, man, that sounds like, hey, you. I don't know if this was done on purpose. I don't know if this one of the reasons. But it's like, yeah, Luca want to shoot. Kyrie don't really want to shoot. Start the game, I'm, but finish your point. I'm, I'm but mean. where it gets dicey and annoying is when he's the only creator on the floor when Luca's sitting and he's in the corner and Theo Pinson and JaVale McGee are running a pick and roll. That is what I have a problem with. That is what the issue is. So that's why I would like for him, especially in those you know sole creator units, he needs to be more aggressive. And I understand right now, like I said, we're in a tough spot with the lineups. Like... Some of those lineups, Luca was out there with, like, I felt bad. It was, like, bad. Um, and, you know, similar for Kyrie. But with Kyrie, he, like, he can play, you know, it's the same thing with Brunson. I mean, Dinwiddie, not so much. That, that's the difference. Even though Brunson could play like Luca in a lot of the same sets, when Brunson was on the court with, um, without Luca, the team kind of had its own, like, Brunson identity. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, they played Brunson style. Um, Dinwiddie ball was a terrorist ball. That's why he looked <laughs> so bad. <laughs> because Dinwiddie ball, Dinwiddie got his own style, and it's not even like Dude. he just came to die. Like that's just how Dinwiddie plays. <laughs> it was. It was just, bro. It's yeah. just funny because people on the Nets complain of complain the same way. Yeah, they're wait complaining. Minute, like, I, I follow Nets fans, and they yeah. they complain about the same thing too. Yeah. yeah so that's one. And then, to, so Kyrie needs to, we need to have Kyrie ball, <laughs> essentially, when, um, you know, Luca's not on the floor. We need, and we kind of saw some of that, you know, with the ball movement, running and transition. All That's what I envision when, you know, Kyrie's the sole creator. So I think he needs to, I mean, maybe he's just 
feeling it out. Like, I'm not going to, you know, be too, you know, hard on him because he's um, he's trying to feel out a whole new team. Like, you know what I mean? That's why when, you know, people are saying, oh, Luca's on a completely new roster. I'm like, stop it. Kyrie's on a completely new roster. Like, Luca's not on a completely new roster. You just trade away two guys and slot in one. Like, it's it's not a complete new for him. For Kyrie, it is, which is why I, um, I'm more inclined to give him a bit more, like, leniency in terms of his play. Um, and he's been good, you know. Um, the 36, you know, can't ask for more than that. That fourth quarter, he came in and made history, bro. That's crazy. His, like, third Mavs game, and he made, and he's in the history books. <laughs> like, that's, uh, that's the highest scoring quarter of his career. High, yeah, he came in and is doing personal best. So I can't, you know, complain too much from him, but I would I would say I would like to see him more. Um, and he even said it to another thing, too. He He's trying to get, and I saw it, too. I was rewatching or rewatching some of it. Um, but Kyrie, he has to get himself, like, he has to know that he's playing with Luka now. He got to get his shots up and be ready to really catch and shoot. And I know that sounds crazy because Kyrie doesn't have a problem with that. But, like, sometimes there was a couple plays where um they had Luka in the post and Kyrie was, like, at the top of the key. Like, I think it was, like, Luka on the right block, Kyrie, like, at the top of the key, and it was, like, empty. Like, you know, nobody in the corner, none of that. Um, and, you know, Luca's posting, obviously they're trying to, you know, they're helping down because it was, I think it was like a smaller defender. So, um, Kyrie's man is, you know, trying to help down a bit and Luca passes it out and Kyrie, you know, not that he was startled, but he was like, it didn't look like he was quite ready, <laughs> um, to, to really shoot it. And he said it in the press, he actually said, it, he said, yeah, when Luca's like in the post, I got to prepare myself. So, um. I think, you know, you saw areas where they could iron it out, which is why it's encouraging because it seems like it's simple fixes. You know, something like that. Kyrie gets ready to shoot. That's a bucket. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's an easy three. And how are you defending that? Because if not, if you stick with Kyrie, Luca's taking that defender right into the paint and scoring on them, maybe even for an and one. So regardless, it's a high percentage play. And I hope they start to, you know, play off each other more. That's that's another thing. Like we just, like I said, we saw some same, some of the same things. Them trying to play out the two on one. Like that's cool, but like let's mix it up. So I hope they use this break to really. Um, obviously they're gonna get their practice in, and they could use it to kind of revamp the. I'm hoping for a lot now. Now I'm asking the coaching staff, and this is where it gets more dicey, um, because I don't I don't know if I believe in the coaching staff honestly. Um, I I, I don't when it comes to offense. Yeah, and that's the thing. Well, well, Here's the thing that's well. weird because we were just praising them for expanding the playbook yeah, in the two jazz games, and them then boy, them boys was running nice sets. As soon as, exactly. Bay, as, soon as Kyrie showed up and Luca was out, and it's like it's time, you know, I'm posting that Charles Barkley meme because, <laughs> like, okay, these where was this? Why ain't this around here with Luca? And then you know, I'm. Um, you know, let's let's just be real. Luca, Luca's first game, I heard Rick Carlisle tell him stop shooting step backs, and he never stopped. <laughs> He's always shot them. So, you know, I think we can all agree that Luca gonna do what he really want to do. Yeah, yeah, but but this is where you need a coaching staff though to find that balance. Luca can do what he does, and what he does is very good. You know what I mean? Um, so, but you also need to think about how to incorporate like everything else to give that offense the dynamicism that it, it really needs because I like it. There's no reason we have a Luka Doncic and a Kyrie Irving and we don't have a versatile and diverse offense 
that shouldn't happen. So I believe that they'll figure it out. Like I said, I saw a lot of encouraging signs. As much as people could talk about what was awkward, what was clunky, you know, what was clunky, blah, blah, blah. I feel like I saw a lot more encouraging stuff. So um, especially given the fact that, I mean, like I said, I'm ignoring the Denver game, but we like the, the both games were like lost. I mean, the Kings game, you know, they ran it up with free throws, but essentially both games were lost on basically like one possession, two possessions, if that. You know what I mean? So, I, I mean, obviously we went down a lot in that Kings game, and it took Kyrie literally having a personal best to, you know, overcome that. But still, we have a star that can do that. That shouldn't be a luck thing. You know, It's Kyrie. You know what I mean? It shouldn't be seen as luck. He's going to be great at points. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Overall, I'll just say this. I'm uh due to the schedule, due to you know, we got Kyrie fucking Irvin and Luka Dodgers. Like that alone with our schedule should be enough to win a lot of games. You know what I'm saying? I, I think I just think it's gonna overwhelm certain teams even if we can't play any defense and Yeah, like the Spurs can't fucking hold us. Right, <laughs> like, I don't right. think the Spurs can hold us. Like come on. And we see them like what, three times? Come on. Yeah, and it's just we gonna overwhelm teams, and Maxie will come back. I do think the defense will get better, and I don't think that – I think the defense is not good, but it's also not as bad as people making it out to be. It's worse than it fe- – it feels worse than it is, if that makes sense. Like, don't get it twisted. It's not good. You know, I'm the old head that likes defense, but this is where even with – those two dudes playing together our last two games I don't think they've been the worst they're the two worst games I think we've played defensively but overall if you look at where the defense has been trending for the last I don't know 15-20 games it's been getting incrementally better we've dead ass been moving up in the rankings like we were 26 about a month ago and I think we up to like 22 something like that um, I think we were 21 before the last two games. And, you know, once Luca get right and he can move again, I, I think we'd be straight. Maxie come back. I think Josh Green died. I-, I just think Josh Green was really tired. We ran Josh Green to the ground. Josh Green was walling off Kawhi. I went back and watched that game. I was like, damn, he actually did a much better job at guarding Kawhi than I gave him credit for at the moment. But then he was getting frequency fried just like everybody else. Um these last two games like he ain't had no answers for nobody and that that's surprising because i feel like anthony edwards should be his type of matchup but anthony edwards is not nah, and and a little josh is strong but if you're and i mean Ant is a little too strong for josh i feel like and it's too josh, strong, too strong, for, too strong. A, for everyone yeah, that's, and that's that's why he's great. Um, yeah. but, dude, but, I watched yeah. him. I watched him. They ended up losing last night, but I watched that game. Like, he literally just—I know it's tall man, it's KP, but KP is still seven two. KP, all the stats, like I, KP. I hate to say this; it pains me. KP is become the player in Washington. We wish he was here, um, in kind of pretty much every way. Dog. Ant just exploded on him, went through his chest and laid it up, like, multiple times. Um, KP ended up getting him a few times at the end, but it was just like, hey, dog, ain't, ain't nobody can do nothing with that. Nobody. Like, there's nobody on – that's why he's good. 
You know, like you said, he's just a he's a damn linebacker playing basketball. Um, yeah. He, I will say, watching them cook us in person and then watching them cook another team the the next night, like, making me start to appreciate how the – he's making a leap. He he really is. Oh, and yeah. It, yeah, he's he, good. He's – I think they're going to end up trading Cat. Uh, he it, took off the three. One thing that struck me about the Mavs game, he wasn't taking that many threes. If you, no. he was he was getting straight to his spots, going to work, and mm. that's and I that's another thing. When I made a tweet saying that when Lucas simplifies his game, he's gonna be great. And people are like, oh, his you know the reason his his basically the complication of his game is why he's great, and that's not what I mean. I mean some of them really unnecessary shots that he takes. Um, he can stop those. <laughs> like he can stop those and just get to work. Like just know you get to your spots at this point. Like he, you got he, your spots. He, he had been doing it. He had been toning, chilling out on the three balls before he got hurt. Yeah, and that's the thing. He can do it. There's certain points in the game. If you watch it, like sometimes Luca gets for Luca to get like that focus and serious, it takes us going down twenty, and then he starts just you know putting his head down, doing what he needs to do. And that's what I mean by if he comes out with that mindset, just always it'll be different. It's like Shay. Shay understands this game right now. Do I want my guard to take a bit more threes? Sure, but the rate at which he gets to the line. I feel like just offsets that, especially when he's getting several and ones. He's like ninety percent from the free. Like being a high percentage free throw shooter is actually a lot more valuable um, than we think, um, especially when you're a high volume free throw shooter. So that's why his efficiency is just off the roof. It's, yeah. it's the free throws. Yeah. Shay, um, I mean, I didn't mean to say Shay, but like Kyrie being able to make free throws is like so under. So, oh my under, god! I didn't realize how important it was until he was on the team, and it's just like, oh, that's mm-hmm. just that's just a bucket. Yeah, exactly. It's free points, literally free points. So, um, uh, yeah, that's why I'm. My point is that, um, yeah, he Ant, um, is he's simplifying, like he's simplifying his game in the right ways where he because he used to take horrible shots i mean he still kind of does but like he used to take like just weird step back threes just just bad shots sometimes he'll make them sometimes he doesn't but now he understands it feels like he's starting to understand at least um that hey i'm very strong <laughs> you know he's finishing better that's another thing i'm very strong i'm great around the rim let me use that to my advantage he has a midi game so he can get that off he could score that's just basically it and it's always the defense people were wondering if he and he's getting like he's like he's a good defender i mean i knew he was gonna get the Kyrie assignment knew Jaden was gonna get the luca assignment but i didn't envision it to look basically you could not ask for a more perfect defensive position from your like two perimeter defenders at the end of a game than what they did so kudos to them that was fan and like even luca said it like he was like that was just phenomenal defense and it was like as i did think Kyrie had a moment where he could have pulled um maybe not so much luca but Kyrie definitely i believe he had a moment where he could have pulled but um they got locked up <laughs> they got locked up so kudos to um i guess ant for simplifying his game and um doing all that but um yeah yeah it, it was uh it was good man they they locked us up i i just i'm not the point I'm trying to say, my I guess we started this whole Luca Kyrie thing is we're gonna be all right. It's we gonna get buckets. The defense will get better. 
even if the defense just gets incrementally better because Luka can move and Maxi comes back, even if it's not locked down, that'll be good enough to to get home court in the first round. And then, you know, we strap up and give boys hell in the playoffs. What happens, happens. I just want home court. I want to win a playoff series. And then, you know, we got Kyrie, hopefully talk him into resigning or if you don't resign, use his sign and trade rights to get somebody comparable to him, and we move. But I have hope either way. Um, I'm excited. I ain't going to hold you. I went to that game. Dude, there was a, a crazy amount of Kyrie jerseys. Like, y'all are some brave people with y'all money. Y'all are brave. Like, y'all better than me. I like Kyrie, but I ain't buying that man jersey. Even if he signed an extension, I don't know if I'd be comfortable doing it. Um, moving on to the next thing. All right, standings. You got the standings pulled up? No. Pull them up real quick. I'm going to go first just to give you time to pull them up. This ain't nothing super, super real deal official. I'm just going to give my predictions for how the Eastern Conference is going to shake out. All right. Actually, let me get them pulled up myself while I'm talking shit. Uh, Eastern Conference standings. Wow. All right. We got the Celtics at one, the Bucks at two, Sixers three, Cavs four, Nets five. Our Jalen Brunson, Knicks at six, Heat at seven, Hawks at eight, Wiz at nine, Raptors at uh, Raptors at ten, Bulls at eleven. Yeah, I don't think we should even talk about the Pacers no more because I think they cooked. And I don't think we should talk about the Magic anymore because I think they cooked too. To be honest, we probably shouldn't talk about the Bulls either. So I'm going to go ahead and say it, how I think this is going to shake out. I think the Raptors and Wizards swap. So I got Wizards at 10, Raptors at 9. I, I think the Hawks stay at 8. Um, I'm going to go ahead and have the Heat staying at 7. I think the Knicks run the net spot. But I don't feel great about that because Michael Bridges took them reps as number one to heart. And we gotta wrap this up. But like, bro, can you see the Chris the Chris Middleton arc developing with him? Is that is that out of is that out hmm. of line? Is that just totally out of line? That's not. It's actually not because it's really not because if he he Middleton's probably um because uh, Midfield is definitely a better playmaker, I can say that. Um, so that's where, you know, the offense is a bit different. He's definitely, I think, a better self-creator. But from what I've seen in terms of Mikhail's self-creation, yeah, he could. He could. I could see him um, not like a – Middleton is always in pretty much all-star talks when he's healthy. I don't know if he's going to be a dude that's, like, always in all-star talks kind of thing. Um, but – He's gonna be a guy where he's like, yeah, he's he's really good. He got them reps. He took it to heart, and he's taking his opportunity and running with him. But um, yeah, I don't think he's three yeah. and D anymore. I think he's, yeah, he's not three and D no more. He, I think he's got a he's something else. <laughs> yeah. Damn, a low key. Hmm. Chris Middleton never averaged more than twenty points until he was twenty six. Interesting. Hey man, I don't. I don't know, young SJ. But anyway, let me finish. Let me finish that. So I do think the Knicks gonna run a spot. The Knicks gonna run a spot and then the uh uh 
So the Knicks will be five. I think the Cavs fall. I mean, the Cavs, because I'm just looking at strength of schedule. The Sixers got the hardest schedule in the NBA left. They've been playing well. So, but the Cavs been cooking too. I got the Cavs going to go ahead and run the Sixers spot. So we're going to go uh, Sixers at four. They're going to play the Knicks in the first round. Um, then the Cavs make the jump up to three. And I think Bucks is Celtics fight it out to the end. I'm going to go Celtics. They're just too deep. Um, I know the Bucks don't won like 12 straight. They're going to start losing games. They ain't about to just run off 20 straight. You feel me? And I, I think the Celtics get it done. What you think, ma'am? Yeah, I agree with the Celtics and the Bucks. I think they're going to finish one and two. Um, I have the Sixers actually staying in their spot just because the Cavs, they're they've been you know playing well, um, but they they they're inconsistent. They're inconsistent, and we've seen this. We've seen this all season from them. They'll have a run where they look good, and then they have a run where they literally look like they can't play basketball. So, <laughs> in that case, I think I'll give the trust a little bit more to Philly. Um, so I think the top four stays as it is. Um, but I, this might be a hot take, especially given that they've been mid. They've just been mid. But I think that he can jump up to five, actually. I, I think that, that he, I, I I think that he could go on a little run and jump up to five. I think then the Knicks keep their spot, you know, in six. I think, you know, the Knicks can be either be five or six. I, I think them and the Heat are interchangeable. But I can see the Heat jumping them. Nets, I think they fall all the way to seven. Because um, they're cute for right now. But they're off, and Mikhail scored 45, but come on, that offense is not going to... It's too much Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah, terrorist ball. Terrorist ball. Some dudes are going to, and then if Mikhail is not scoring 40, like, he had to score 45 for them to, like, really come back and win that. They were, um, the offense... They were getting blown out, wasn't they? Yeah, yeah, the offense looks bad at sometimes, and I don't think... They can, you know, remedy some things, but I just think they don't have enough creators. Um, it's a cute roster of 3 and Ds, but like I said, no creators, so, um... I think they might, you know, fall down to seven a little bit, um, but I don't think they'll like. They have so much of a cushion; they're not like gonna free fall. No, they're, so, no, they're they're gonna eh, they fall to seven. I think they might be out of there, but I think they could. They yeah, if they're the yeah, if I was gonna say if they're like not making the playoffs, it's probably because they got eliminated in the playing type thing. Yeah, not that they missed it completely. So I think they dropped to seven. I think the Hawks, yeah, they stay at eight. They the Hawks, as much as they're mid. They're not wizards bad, if that makes sense. <laughs> like they're not like the wizards are who is in nine, but like the hawks, they they just feel like an eight seed. They feel like an eight seed. So I think the hawks will. The hawks. Oh my god, stay. the hawks and the wizards got like the same record. I know, but they have they been like that. I don't know. It just feels like the wizards have been so much worse. Nah, the wizards had the wizards won what seven eight straight. Yeah, that's why and, they and, probably and, yeah. Like the wizards stunk, like. That's why everyone's like blow it up, and then they had that win streak, and then they didn't really dump anybody. So yeah. they just they just going for it. Yeah. So I mean, I think the Wizards will stay in the plane. At you know, they might switch spots with the Raptors, but honestly, I don't really care about the nine and ten spots. So yeah, I think yeah, the dudes, the the teams that are out of it right now are gonna miss it. So like Bulls, yeah. Pacers, yeah, Hornets, all that, they're missing it. So yeah. What the hell did the Bulls thinking? Bro, they didn't do any. I think they, they're selling. They're going to because I don't know if I don't think Lonzo's going to be ready to start next season, right? I don't think Lonzo's playing basketball no more. But that's well for money. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's like one. I think with the reports about Levine, 
I think Levine's on the move. I don't know if it's a hot take or not, but I've been. It's my strong inclination right now to feel like Levine is going to be on another. And I don't know why I feel like it's going to be the Knicks. <laughs> I don't. Maybe because I, I, I just feel like they're, that's who. You know, they missed out on Donovan Mitchell. They're going to be like, oh, we're not missing out on Zach Levine. And especially since RJ has stunk. Dude, have you, have you, have you looked at his splits? Like, bro, he's, he's bad, bro. He's not good. And I feel so bad because he's not like, he stinks, but it's not like the stinks where like he can't play type of thing. You know what I mean? Where like he just can't be on the court because that's not the case. You know, he, he has use. You know what I mean? Sometimes, but overall, it's just like you're—you're just disappointed when you watch. Yeah, him. when him and Jalen Brunson are on the court together, they're a negative. When it's Jalen Brunson and uh, man, I keep forgetting this kid's name. Light skinned cat that was cashing us from three. Oh, Grimes, love Grimes. Grimes. He should have like been a Maverick. Bro, he—they like a plus ten. Like it's stark. It's starkly different. Yeah, he has like the second worst plus minus on the team, RJ Barrett. Yeah, and it's just like you gotta go. Knicks fans, I know, hate him, and some Knicks fans are like, he's twenty two, give him a break, and they like, bruh, he been in the league four or five years, like he can go develop on a team that ain't trying to win, and I feel him, I feel him. Um, if I'm them, I I just rebuild with some young guys, and not even like a rebuild where you're like tanking nothing like that you could get some young pieces and just run a young squad like i'm probably you know moving zach levine i'm moving the rosen Vucevic, we can work on a signing trade because i'm not losing you for nothing <laughs> so we work out a signing trade but just just keep my young guys like they still have patrick williams who you know his his i think his stats might look like they stack have stagnated but you can see his growth um in terms of his play he's he's having a really good defensive year um, and the Bulls actually aren't a bad defensive team. Is there offense that stinks? I saw the Kirk's um the Kirk Goldsberry um chart about the last fifteen games, and their offense just stinks. It's, it's really their offense. They're actually not bad on defense. No, they're top ten defense. Yeah, top ten. You and you'd think it's the opposite. So yeah, um, yeah. I, so I'm, low key, I wouldn't mind going ahead and if this Jason Kidd thing don't work out, giving Billy a call because. You making that roster a top ten defense? That's better, just as good or better than what Jason Kidd did last year. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm just selling. I'm selling all them old ass dudes. Uh, obviously, I'm still keeping Lonzo to see what's going on with him. But I'm playing my young guys. I'm playing the the. They just drafted a guy 18th. That could be their Josh Green. Shit, Dale and Terry. I think it, his name is. Um. So. You just just play your young dudes and get assets and it, even if it's not picks, but get some young guys. <laughs> get some young guys to come fill up your roster. That's what I would do if I'm the Bulls. But um, we can move on to the West. West, you want to go first? Or you want me to go? Uh, I can go. Um, I mean, I'm gonna start with. I just think the Nuggets at this point. They, I mean, the Grizzlies are not like they're super far behind. But five yeah, games, that shit, they not that, a, yeah. that shit's cooked. Yeah, they, that's locked up. Um, Grizzlies, they're they're starting to be okay again. They're they're they were like really getting um dogged out <laughs> for a period, but I I think they could hang on to two. I don't think they'll um lose their spot because if if I were to think they'd lose their spot, I think it would be the Kings. But with the Kings having you know a tougher schedule, I do think um even if they hang on to three, I don't think they will definitely be catching two. Um, Kings. It's tough because 
they have a, they do have a tougher schedule, but people just just because they have a tougher schedule doesn't mean that they'll lose the games. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they can have a tougher schedule and still win. And it's not like they're not a bad like I don't I get I understand they haven't been here and people are trying to give them the show me treatment. But it's they they're who they are at this point and that's a good team. You know, they're a good team. Um I think they can hang on to three, actually, just because I feel like, and if they don't hang on to three, I actually think it's the Suns who jump up to three, um, if that's the case. So I'll make a decision, but I'll I'll say they hang on to three, and I say the Suns um, jump to four, uh, because I I just think, you know, since Booker came back, you know, they're a different team with Booker, and then KD is going to be coming back, and even if that looks wonky, I don't, I just don't, I think they have enough to where they can... When rack of wins. When does KD look wonky with anybody? I don't feel like it's ever been weird with him. That's what I was about to say too. That's not going. KD is probably the most, um, uh, what's the word like portable superstar? Yeah. Uh, that that he can play with literally anybody. So I don't think that's gonna be a problem. So I do think they jump up either to three or four, but I'll put them for four now. Um, for now, and I think we um, we go to we go to five. Or I think we can either be four or five, depending on if, because I know we have a tiebreaker with the Suns. So if I think we end up with similar records to the Suns, and in that case, um, we might be four. I'm hoping we're four because I want home court. Um, and I, actually, you know what? Yes, I'm I'm putting myself at four. I'm pu- <laughs> I'm putting my Mavericks at four, and then I'll put the Suns at five, and then the Clippers. I think they fall to six. Um, and then that's this is where it gets tricky with the playing because there's just so much going on. I think the Warriors um, jump up to seven, and for eight and nine, I think um, the Timberwolves because they they're putting like they just lost. Actually, they just had a bad loss to the Wizards, blowing that lead. But I think they can stabilize if Cat comes back and it doesn't. If Cat comes back and it looks wonky again. Um, I don't think they will be able to recover. Actually, so they I, I might think, fall. I don't. I'll, I'll. I'll guarantee with him taking as much time as he took off, that shit is not gonna look sweet when he get back. I think they they gonna be in trouble. Yeah. Unless so, he just don't come back, it would actually probably be better for their playoff future if he don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but honestly, this might be a hot take, but I, I want to do it so bad. I want to put my thunder in there, right? I was gonna say the Pelicans are gonna fall out, um, like completely, um, and the, I think the Lakers might jump. Cause here's the thing with the Lakers, I don't think they make it. Actually, I don't think the Lakers are making the plane. I just don't believe that everybody in front of them is just gonna be losing that much for them to make it. They're like what last in their division. I I just don't see. They're so far back. They're so far, they, but that's they, that's what they, I'm they trying would, to. They yeah, would, they would have to win at a rate because they could get past the Trailblazers. They could get past. Oh the, yeah, the Jazz, but like. But the Thunder and the Warriors, I can't see it. It ain't that many games left, bro. That's what I'm saying, and they're just not gonna. You. That's the thing. The Lakers need to win, but they also need somebody else to fall off a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> like those two things have to happen, and I'm not seeing where, especially these people trying to fight to stay in the plane. I don't see them falling off a cliff. Like there's, there's the no Thunder good. are good, bro. The Thunder are people. I'm so. I listen. Those are my kids. You. You know. I have such a 
such a attachment to the Thunder, but they're actually a, like a decent, like a good bas. They're a five hundred basketball team, pretty much, um, and that's like impressive for you. They're the youngest team in NBA history. It's official now after the trades they made and all that. They are the youngest team in NBA history. Like that's, and they're a five hundred team and a and a good defensive team. Like, that's word, that's word, Dallas Mavericks are a game and a half better though. But that's different. That's what I'm saying. That's different. That's different. These young teams are not supposed to be as good defensively as the Thunder are without a rim protector, mind you. The Thunder don't got nobody protecting them. You're, I, sometimes I watch them and I wonder how they do it <laughs> because JRE is holding down their paint, bro. Jalen Williams, a rookie, is holding down their paint. He's that a is, dog. He's a dog. Bro. He's a dog. Though. I, listen, their pieces are nice. Don't sleep. Don't sleep. But, um, my point is that there people expect them to just fall off a cliff, but listen, they're not playing like that. That's not how they've been playing. They've been, especially since the turn of the new year, they've actually been like uh, one of the top, probably what, sixteen teams in the league since the turn of the new year. The top what, fifteen team in the league? Don't give me the line. I don't know. I just that was just an estimation, but I just know they've been very good. I think they're like top five in net rating since the turn of the calendar. So. They've been, and it's been, it's a large sample size now. We're almost in March. So, um, I just think, um, just to really, I just think it's too jumbled, actually. I, it's just so hard to make a prediction. But I want to say, I feel like the Pelicans, especially with Zion being out for so much longer, and I just don't. I think, I think they might fall out. I think they're going to fall out. So, I think the Pelicans are who falls out, um, out of this jumbled mess. And I will put, um, yeah, I think Pelicans fall out uh, of the fall out of it completely, and I uh, low key the Jazz might not even imagine if the Jazz surprises us and still makes it. Nah, I think the Jazz, Mike Conley, the the on, oh yeah, I know, I know, yeah, the on off stuff with Mike Conley, and even though Colin Sexton's put up good stats when he plays. It just the team just. Oh yeah, so yeah, the team, yeah, it's, it's cool. They, they, and they did it for a reason. They did it for a reason. I don't think yeah. they want to make the plan. No, I they, think they do want their lottery pick. They like, <laughs> like I, I think they do. I think if they still were at like four and five, they would have just kept it rolling. But once they realize, like, yeah, we ain't gonna waste our time with this shit. And if that's smart, because you don't, this is a deep draft. You don't have to be in the Wemby race to no. like for this draft to be worth your while. Them getting a lottery pick. Obviously, not everyone's gonna be like a star or anything. There, I wholly believe whoever they get, like that's how I believe in this draft, bro. This draft is deep. I think whoever they get in the lottery is gonna be a good player. Oh, that's how good the lottery oh, gonna be. Oh, SJ, I am. Your Dallas Mavericks are going to have a pick in this draft if certain things happen in the lottery. Oh, Reggie's gone for. Oh, in the lottery? What do you mean? In the lottery. Let, let me get in to my. Line? Let me get to my standings and. Let me, uh, I'll explain how and why. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so, uh, yeah, I think the Pelicans fall totally out. And I think, I, I say the Blazers come in there and sneak it in. So I got the Blazers at 10. I got the Thunder at 9. I got the Warriors at 8. I got the Timberwolves uh, at 7. Um, at 6. I'm sorry. I'm I'm betting against the Grizz. I mean, not the Grizz, but the Kings. I think the Kings fall to six. I think our Mavericks get to five. I think the Suns get to four. I think the uh, Clippers get to three. And I think the Nuggets can be at two. 
And I think, I'm sorry, the Grizzlies be at two, the Nuggets go ahead and finish it off at number one. Um, yeah, I, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. If this Kyrie shit goes left, you, I, I got the Pelicans falling out. I got the Lakers falling out. So they swapping spots on in the lottery. And I think they lottery picks. They, they both their picks is going to be late lottery. So, like, the Pelicans, the, the Lakers might get, like, pick number, I don't know, 10. And then the Pelicans get pick, like, number 13. So they swap. So now the Lakers got 13 and the Pelicans got 10, right? I, if this shit goes left, with them not even making the play in, that's going to up the ante to for them to be really good for this next year. Fam, sign and trade. They giving us that 13th pick if this shit go left with Kyrie. The 13th pick, um, I guess the salary's got to match because we'll, we'll be a cap space team, but so the salary's going to have to match for them to be able to Oh, they have they got cap too. So yeah, we could just do the sign and trade. And I think you just do something like Rui or Vando and Rui or some Can shit. Can like Rui that. work though? Wouldn't that wouldn't that complicate things? Wouldn't that be like a double yeah, sign and trade then? It, it would be a double sign and trade, but it depends on how much Rui makes. If he's okay. not getting twenty minutes, because he's not getting a big raise. I think he makes oh, ten yeah. million and if you give him twelve, as long as he don't get a raise more than like twenty percent. It don't do none of the funny, okay, the right. funny shit like with Jalen Brunson went from two to thirty. It's, it's okay. not gonna be that. Okay. I think now, don't quote me on that. Not totally for sure, but I think we do something like that. I, the point I'm trying to get at is I'm excited for Kyrie. I hope this marriage lasts as long as possible, but unless he dramatically injures himself, his bird rights are gonna be valuable. The Suns may come calling trying to do something like people like Kyrie stars like Kyrie he's a fucking great player so I his bird rights are gonna have value for somebody ah now you know what the rumor is lately and I don't know if you listen to uh the hoop collective yes AD AD how you feel about that I feel if it was just sign and trade Kyrie Fady straight up I think I roll with it I mean, I, at that point, you just kind of have to, but I'm, I'd be annoyed that we didn't give, I mean, obviously other factors would have been at play, but I'd be annoyed that we didn't see enough of Luca with another, like, star creator, that you're, again, pairing him with a big man, because... What, but know, like, what, if, what if the shit looks sweet? What if we make the Western Conference Finals again? What if we make the NBA Finals and Kyrie the just, just want to leave? Here's the thing. That's what I'm saying. It would be other factors, so you can't control that at that point. So yeah. that's why I would accept it. Because I mean, it's still AD. You're still getting like an all NBA caliber player. So it's is what it is. It's just that he comes with you know his own issues with his injuries, and not just that, but like the fit would not to say. I'm not listen. I'm not saying they're not gonna fit, but with in your mind when you're theorizing how they'd fit, it comes down to some of the things if AD wants to do it, like. AD has some tendencies where he just wants to face up and shoot jumpers, bro. Like, that's those are things that won't fit on a Luka team. That's things that Porzingis had issues with because he just wanted to face up and um, hit jumpers. Sometimes AD don't want to roll. AD, you know, like AD sometimes AD not even physical enough. So he comes with his own issues where I think. Um, but like I said, I wouldn't obviously be picky about it because again, he's Anthony Davis. Defensively, he's everything you'd want next to a Luka. 
especially when he's right. So obviously I wouldn't, you know, make us think about it because I think it's going to look dynamic and great when they're both healthy and playing. But it's just I'd be disappointed that we didn't give, um, you know, him working with another creator a shot. I, I hear you. I just think Kyrie is Kyrie. I think this shit could work out. I think we could win the fucking championship and Kyrie still might want to leave. Like, I, I just, we dealing with Kyrie. Um, I don't know if I told you this. Actually, I know I didn't. I heard Kyrie demanded a trade the summer after they won the championship. Like, that was what his plan was. Um, this is some internet gospel rumor uh, I don't know how true it is but he heard that LeBron was leaving Cleveland no matter what because LeBron is his man's um, and he was like yeah I'm not fucking about to hang out in Cleveland without you um, I'm trying to leave like get me out of here now let's not waste time with it and I don't know that interview I, I sent you that he did with I Am Athlete like he basically said the reason why he demanded the trade from Cleveland was uh he talked to Brian, he talked to the front office, they told him the plan, and he was like, Yeah, get me out this bitch. He didn't specify what the plan was, but I'm assuming it was tearing down the team, starting from scratch with him, and he wasn't trying to deal with that shit. And that's me assuming, that's me maybe shooting Kyrie a little bit of bail. But the point of the matter I'm trying to say with all this is I don't no matter how successful this works out, if the option for Kyrie to get paid and play play with Bron is out there, I, I think I, I just think that's going to be a thing we're going to have to look at, and I think that's going to be a thing he's going to want to do. And honestly, I think Nico and Mark Cuban are like, oh, okay, cool, we we take AD, we take the thirteenth pick and some other shit. Like, all right. It was nice doing business with you, Kyrie. Thank you. I don't think we're getting 80 and the 13. Oh, no. Hell no. Hell no. (laughs) Oh, no. No, 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 no. It's going to be either AD and then they use the 13th pick and some some other shit to go get a better big man or it's going to be AD. No. Because that's that's also the scary thing. Just when you lay it out like that, it's like, damn, the Lakers aren't dead. They're not dead. They're going to be able to do shit this summer to be like a good team again. As long as Brian hold up, so, but I'm I'm cool with it. I'm cool with being a way station for Kyrie as long as I I would trade unprotected pick in 29 for a lottery pick in this draft and Rui Hachimura. I, I I know that sounds crazy and six months of Kyrie, I think I sign up for that shit because yeah. something yeah. something you've been saying. We need to see like. <laughs> it, it's it's really important on a basketball fit wise to see if Luka can play with another creator on Kyrie's level but it's also really important that Kyrie stamps Luka as somebody you can play with like it ha- he cannot he cannot like it's basically cooked for Luka playing with a, a star that is not in the NBA uh, like he basically gotta wait for somebody that's in college or ain't in the league yet to get his co-star that voluntarily plays with him if this goes, if he pisses Kyrie off because people don't want to hear this shit. People might not want to like it. Kyrie is probably the most or second most influential NBA player amongst NBA players. Like, they love him. Kyrie Irving is the fucking vice president of the union. I feel like everyone forgets that. Like, they voted him 
call me crazy. I wouldn't be comfortable with Kyrie handling my business like that, but they voted him to do it. And I think he's really, really influential. And I think even if this is a short-term marriage, it really, really is important that Kyrie stamps Luca after this. Because if he stamps him, even if he leaves, I, I think that, that that's when other people and other free agents will be like, yeah, you can go play with them. I had a great time. You know, I just want to finish my career with Bron or I want to finish my career with Kev. People will understand that. But if he gives Luca the green light, like, yeah, he's a good dude. Dallas, I love Nico. They took care of me. They did right by me. This is why this trade is, you can't just look at it as an asset play. In my opinion, it's it's making other players feel comfortable coming here and playing with Luca because I've listened to enough interviews from NBA players. Perception is reality. There's a lot of NBA players like it's they not sh- hating on Luca, they not shitting on Luca, but there's enough that have said it's hard to play with Luca because he has the ball and they're being polite about it to where I'm like behind closed doors they probably like bro he got the damn ball all the time I can't get my shit off. It, it it is a concern of mine. What do you think? I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, yeah, like you said, people have been even the Max Struess thing we bring it up, but Max Struess was like nice about it. Exactly. Um, he he wasn't slanderous when he was saying it. It's just that why is Max Struess talking about it? One, <laughs> but he he didn't say it in like a, a mean way or anything like that. But like I mean, said, JJ Reddick said the exact same thing. I was about to say, like you said, uh, but it wasn't just Max Schroes. Other people have been saying that. And then with JJ saying it, you can't even say, oh, well, he's assuming he played with him. He was there. It wasn't for long, but he was there. So, um, and, and, and JJ's the guy that you figure would love to play with Luca, but he's like, even if you don't, the thing JJ was saying is like, even if you don't like get to dribble, you still want to touch the ball. You like, even if you get the ball and then do a handoff to somebody else, players need a rhythm by doing shit. They just want to touch it. And Luca, don't be letting anybody touch it. Unless it's time to shoot sometimes. I think that's a problem for NBA players more than what we, what we believe. Um, I'm not mad that Luca plays that way. Cause I feel like he, the system and the players kind of set up for him to play like that. But, you know, he got to evolve now that Kyrie is here. And if he shows he can do that, and plus Kyrie gives him the stamp, we in good money. We we in good shape no matter what the hell Kyrie does. Agreed. But uh, that's it. You got anything else you want to get off your chest? No, sir. All right, y'all. This is a uh, all-star version of 21 going on 77. We will holler at y'all next week. Um, I'm going to say this, man. Most people who listen to this got here from Twitter. Man, get off that. Stop arguing about this shit. Luca will be fine. Kyrie will be fine. This is about to be some of the most fun basketball we've seen in Luca's career. I don't know how long it's going to last. It's a lot of other teams is good. I don't know how far we go in the playoffs anymore. That wide open West ain't so wide open no more. But we got Luca and Kyrie. As long as they on the court, I like our chances against anybody. So stop arguing. We don't need to be fighting. Luca was a little out of shape after he was injured. He'll be fine. If there's one thing I 
boy, if there's one human being I trust showing up with the money on the line, it's that Slovenia. It's big 77. And we know if Kyrie's on the court, you know, when he on the court, he a killer himself. So we're going to be all right, man. Y'all, y'all calm down. Um, that's all I got. We holler at y'all next week. Peace.